Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We got American Thanksgiving today. Dominic, don't think we forgot, folks. We got three games happening this afternoon. We got one happening in just a few minutes, actually, for our 12-15 kickoff. Dominic, I've always loved American Thanksgiving, uh, of course, because Thanksgiving is great. I'm not American myself, but man, when you got three football games on a Thursday, it's exciting. Three football games on Thursdays, tradition. People call in sick. They just got to <laughs> watch football. And me and you know that Thanksgiving is an amazing time to watch football because you get back-to-back-to-back games. I mean, we do get it on Sunday, but it's just that extra spice on Thursday. Let's see what happens this Thanksgiving. and Let's get this show on the road. Let's go, Dominic. Yeah, we got the first game at, at a 12.30 kickoff, um, and uh, that one should be a good game. But, Dominic, we got to recap what happened this past weekend before we preview what's going to happen today and later on this Sunday. Uh, anything that caught your attention, Dominic? Do you want to jump to a game to start? Or first, uh, I guess, initial reactions about what happened this past weekend in the NFL? Yeah, well, let's start off with the Thursday night football game between the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Well, so much for that uh, kind of like comeback uh, with the Green Bay Packers for this season. I don't know if this one is the final nail in the coffin, but ain't looking good if you're a Packers fan. The Tennessee Titans take it 27-17. Ryan Tannehill, 22 for 27, 333 yards. I think this was probably his best game of the season. I know he threw a pick, but regardless, I mean, he knew that the Packers are probably going to try to put a lot of points on the board. I think Tennessee's game plan was smart. You know, they started passing. They got two nice touchdowns to Austin Hooper. Finally, they see the rookie, Traylon Burks, yeah. succeed with 111 yards. So kudos to the Titans. And I don't know, Packer fans, four and seven, you're going to have to go on a hell of a run if you're going to make the playoffs. Touche, Dominic. I'm glad you mentioned Burks because that was the first thing I was going to mention, Dominic, when talking about this game. He had a few nice catches in this one, some catches in traffic, and I'm happy to see them get him going because for Tennessee, Dominic, you, you look at like this receiving core. And it's, you know, it, it's pretty solid. You got Robert Woods, you got Burks as well. Um, and, and you mentioned Austin Hooper, but like there's been very, very little production uh, out of those three guys this season. But yet the Tennessee Titans are still, uh, you know, playing well enough to lead the division. And I think that's exactly what they were missing is production from their wide receivers. Uh, glad to see Burks going, Dominic, and, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing what we know he can do. Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry-like things, uh, Dominic, in this game. Uh, running wild and uh, really doing a good job putting the team on his back. For me, this was kind of the game I was expecting. I just thought that Green Bay, after an emotional win against Dallas Cowboys the previous week, I don't think it was sustainable. I just don't think they have the firepower to compete with the the you know the better teams in the NFL this year. And good for Watson. Uh, again, he played he played a good game, and maybe he's going to be that number one wide receiver for the Packers and what they've been missing for uh, for the majority of this season. Tough game for them, Dominic. I don't want to say it's over, but it would have been a sweet win on Thursday Night Football for the Green Bay Packers. But I, I'm not too surprised at, uh, at the final result of this one. Yeah, well, I'm mixed emotions. I think that the Packers, with a good quarterback, could always shock anybody. But at home, on a short week, this could have been a lot better result for the Packers. But I think that Mike Vrabel, again, keeps on coming up big and clutch. Look out for Tennessee. This team is for real. I know my friends in Ottawa right now must be laughing <laughs> at saying that this team is for real because every team right now in the NFL, there's so much parity. It seems like there's always a few teams that come up clutch every single week. And this week, it's the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it was uh, It's funny, Dominic. Tennessee, I, I don't know your, your buddies in Ottawa, but I, I got to say it's uh, maybe I side with them grudgingly because I'm not a huge Chan Hill fan, as people know. But this year in the NFL, Dominic, you never never know. Uh, there's uh, you know power ranking switch week in and week out. So it's going to be uh, – it, it's almost tough to talk about who's, who's for real and who isn't, uh, which is why uh, the NFL has been super exciting this year. Let's jump to another game. Let's go to – Let's go to that Jets Patriots game, Dominic. That you know, high scoring 10 to 3 final score there in Foxborough. Um 3-3. Three, three. 
the majority of this game. Uh, I was actually watching uh, a bit of this game. I was watching uh, this game in the background. I had that game on TV. Then after that, I had um, I had, and I, I had the zone on NFL Red Zone going from game to game. Wow, it, it's crazy when you see this game to imagine that the Jets were six and three before this game. This defense is good. The Jets defense is good, Dominic, and there's you know, there's no doubt about it. That's why I picked the Jets in this game. Uh, the Patriots were favored, uh, I believe, heading into this game in Foxborough. I went with the Jets in this one, thinking their defense would have a good game, and they did. The defense played well, as it has all season long. But if you look at this Jets offense, Dominic, and specifically this passing game, it has been absolutely atrocious. The Jets passed for negative 21 yards in the second half, Dominic. Negative 21. And like, like in a league and a time where passing has been so predominant, and I don't want to say easy because it's definitely not easy, but where the officiating in the NFL and the league has favored a passing league and a passing type quarterback. It's unbelievable to see how much this team struggled in this game. It's, I, I honestly leaves me speechless. And after the game, Zach Wilson was asked if he believed he let his defense down. He said no. Um, I don't know if that's his cockiness or his, him being naive, but he, he he lost the game for them, and he has been poor from the start of the season he's lucky his defense has been playing well and he has a bit of a running game but Zach Wilson has to wake the heck up uh, or else this team is going to be sitting on the outside uh, looking in for the majority of the season oh this is exactly what I had predicted I called an ugly ugly game 18 to 9 for the Patriots and listen the Patriots won this game but this game nobody should have won this game Blame the Patriots offense on Belichick. Like, how could he not just only get three points with Mac Jones is beyond me. I mean, you you brought this guy in last year. You got this guy to the playoffs. You brought this guy to the playoffs. Where is his progression? I know that the Jets have a good D, as you said, but oh, ugly, ugly, ugly. And as for Zach Wilson, this guy's done. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about Zach Wilson. I talk about the karate kid all the time. He's done. <laughs> Uh, I want to see White come in next week. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call it. You're going to see White as being the quarterback for the Jets, maybe for the entire season, because Zach Wilson, you might as well have a cheerleader out there. That's about as good as Zach Wilson is. Other than that, for the Patriots, hey, who knows? I mean, this team's very good on defense. If they could somehow make more than 10 points a game, roughly, you know, this team's offense is nowhere to be found. I don't trust the Patriots, but... I don't think nobody else trusts the Patriots as well. And when that happens, a team like the Patriots could shock people and, again, make the damn playoffs. So let's see what happens moving forward. Belichick's obviously a good coach. He's got enough Super Bowl rings to to, to, to put him on a, on a darn whole Christmas tree. So let's see what happens with those Patriots. But right now, the Jets, you could be a good defensive team, but you got to score points in the NFL, and you can't depend on your defense to do it week in and week out. Yeah, I totally, totally agree, Dominic. Look, you got to love the expression, defense wins championships, but I'm not sure how much of a believer I am in that, especially in today's NFL. You look at Zach Wilson, his stats, Dominic, he has more interceptions this year than touchdowns, a 72.6 passer rating, only a 55% completion rate. And it's crazy to think that this number two overall pick from a few seasons ago may be benched, and Robert Sala after the game was asked if he would commit to Wilson as quarterback, and he wasn't able to commit, so... I think you said, Dominic, maybe we're slowly going to see a different quarterback there with the Jets and White. You know, we saw some decent things out of him when he started um, a, a few seasons ago. But yeah, Zach Wilson has been just unfortunately really poor for this football team. And they're going to have to start making decisions if they want to save this season because they went from first in the division to last from that loss. And uh, they are on the outside looking and things change from week to week in the AFC. So don't want to sweat it too much, but the Jets need to find answers. Uh, let's jump to another game, Dom. Quick question, though, before we jump into another game. What yes. are your thoughts on special teams right now? Because this game was won on the special teams touchdown. Yes. And that was the first one since week 10. Do, does the NFL need to review uh, where they line up for the kickoff? Because it seems like kickers are always getting stronger, better. I just miss special teams. And I know it's because of player safety. But we got to get more than one touchdown by special teams by week 10. It's just it's weird. I don't like it. I used to love seeing guys like Eric Metcalf, you know, running through the house. Where are these guys? We don't see them anymore. And this is because of special teams. 
Yeah, Dom, it, it's a great point. I'm with you on that. I think when the NFL decided to change the touchback rule on a kickoff from the 20 to the 25, it was all about player safety, like you mentioned. And I think that there's a lot of these, you, you watch games and a lot of these kickoffs, these 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 returners are able to return. Like the ball will be in like, let's say two yards in the end zone, they're going to take a knee. I think almost from a lot of these NFL coaches and special teams coaches, they're taught if the ball's in the end zone, take a knee, take it the 25, the 25 is a good spot. And keeping it simple, it really is all about player safety. But I really miss it too, Dominic. And look, you got to give credit where credit is due um in in this game Marcus Jones uh returning the uh the kickoff there for a touchdown uh in this one after an incredible uh a touchdown there 52 yarder um that uh, that he took to the house and uh, was able to to be good enough for the the Patriots to win this game and you want to really see more of that so look the kickoff is the kickoff is different than the punt returns obviously punt return you get the ball wherever you can fear catch it but I really miss watching a guy like Devin Hester Dominic and when I started watching football he was the guy and he for me he's the GOAT uh special teams punt return and kickoff returner he was fun and I think about that Super Bowl he was the only player ever to get that uh start the game off with a, a touchdown to to start off the game on the opening kickoff and I loved him and I, I'm with you there Dominic I really want to see more kickoff returns even if these guys are fumbling or whatever getting the ball to the 15 yard line I, I miss seeing it so I, I'm really with you on that Dominic I totally get it I get player safety and I get that players get injured often uh, in the kickoff or often more, more often not they get injured in the kickoff. Then I guess you can see the actual game itself, which is why uh, kickoffs are being limited. But I, I definitely do miss my, uh, my good old flashing kickoff returns, Dominic. Yeah, it's got to be changed. Something has to happen. I think we're going to start seeing some rule changes as of next year, especially if we only have one kickoff return for a touchdown for the remainder of the season, that would be a huge red flag for the NFL. Yeah, definitely with you on that one. Uh, correction there, Marcus Jones actually was an 84-yard kickoff return. Uh, pretty incredible, Dominic. What were your thoughts on that uh, that big return for the uh, Patriots and finally, I guess, getting some quote-unquote points on the board for them? Uh, just typical New England Patriots victory. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, baloney. Uh, I could go on and <laughs> on, but I'll leave it at that. All right, fair enough, Dominic. All right, let's continue, Dominic, next game. Yeah, let's go talk about the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. versus the Chargers. Another good dandy football game in the AFC West. But folks, how can teams week after week <laughs> let Kansas City win football games in the same fashion, in the same way, with the same two guys, Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes. It is this disgrace. I just, I don't get it. I know you had the best defensive player on Kelsey. And typically, you know, you try to shut him down with your best player. But I don't know, man. It's just sickening. I guess it's just the way it is. There's no technical explanation that could come with it. It just seems predictable. If you need to put three guys, put three guys. I know there's going to be another guy wide open, but at least it's not going to be Kelsey. Put put in a blitz to the quarterback. And again, I know that Mahomes can also scramble and make it very difficult, but you got to make it more harder on them. It seems like it's just an easy, easy way to get to the end zone with prevent defense and just hoping that everything's going to work out. If, if you know that's going to happen, why don't you just rationalize in your minds and say, listen, there's two minutes left. If we get burnt by blitzing all out on a touchdown, then we're going to get the ball back to get it for a touchdown. It's just mind-boggling that some coach hasn't figured this out yet to be ultra-aggressive and trying to always be prevent defense. Forget about it. It's about having the ball in the last second. And nowadays, guys are, are scoring points with like 30 seconds on the board. Like, I don't get it. This prevent defense has to go away on the two-minute drill. People need to start being a lot more aggressive. But anyways, that's my rant. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Hats off to them. They won another huge game in a hard environment. Los Angeles Chargers typically have a crazy fan base. So hats off to them. Obviously, Kelsey coming up clutch. Six catches, three touchdowns, 115 yards. This team is clearly the Super Bowl darling right now. I don't think, at least I hope not, that they're going to win it this year. because It seems too predictable. But right now, it's hard to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. It really is hard, Dominic. Right now, they are sitting first in the AFC and would get that huge first round bye if the playoffs started today. 
it's like a movie we've seen before, Dominic. I think that you said it very well. I'm not going to touch too, too much uh, upon it afterwards because you, I think that you recapped it perfectly. The Chiefs getting the ball back with a minute 46. And it's, oh no, are we going to see this again? Down 27-23. Long story short, the, the Kansas City Chiefs rally down the field, get a TD. Travis Kelsey getting his third touchdown of the game on a 17-yard drag route, really, with uh, Derwin James on him. And I think that after the play, you realize, like, man, this Travis Kelsey guy is quick. You always knew he was good. You always knew he had good hands. You always knew uh, he was a great route runner, could make catches in traffic. But I didn't realize how quick he was. And on that play, I think you realize, like, man, he's outrunning a guy, Derwin James. He did beat him off the line of scrimmage. Um but still, after that, Dominic was able to score. And it's just this connection that is, is second to none between the two of them. It, it's incredible. And, like, look, you uh, if you if if someone were to tell me Travis Kelsey was the best tight end in NFL history right now, I, it would be hard to disagree. I know you got a bunch of good guys. Uh, and Gonzalez would definitely have something to say about that. But it's just, like you said, Dominic, mind-boggling how this team continues to find ways with these two players even without Tyree Kale, they honestly remind me of the old Patriots stomach that you couldn't leave Brady any time on the clock uh, or else he would come back and he would win the game. And credit Kansas City because they've looked good throughout the season. Eight and two right now. A tough pill to swallow for these Chargers, Dominic, with how good the AFC is. Now sitting at five and five would have been a big win for them at six and four. They're going to have some work to do. It was good seeing Williams and Keenan Allen back in this game. And of course, Williams having to leave the game due to, to another injury. Um, and Keenan Allen was on a, a bit of a pitch count there. He had a solid game. But oh man, the Chargers let this one slip, Dominic. They're going to have to regroup and uh, come back stronger uh, throughout the course of the season because the AFC is tight this year, Dominic. And they're going to have to start uh, winning some games. They should win, uh, especially being up late in games. Uh, there's no excuse. Honestly, there's just no excuse. The Chargers is the second time that happens to them this year. And I think it comes down to coaching, which leads me to a conversation really quick about coaching. All these college football coaches in the NFL honestly are getting school. Andy Reid obviously is a way better coach. Way, way, way better coach than the Chargers coach. I don't even remember the Chargers coach's name. That's how irrelevant, irrelevant all these college coaches are. I know you got to get experience, but look what's happening in Indianapolis right now. Indianapolis brought in Jeff Saturday. I'm going to agree with my old friend, Bill Cower. There's a coaching fraternity. There's a way to become a head coach in the NFL. It's grinding it out from all different areas in a football team, and then eventually inheriting the coaching position. What we're seeing right now are these gift wrap jobs given to all these college football coaches because the NFL is becoming soft and all these college football coaches think they can bring in their, their style of coaching to the NFL. You're going to get a rude awakening because all your little college football plays that you're trying to put into the NFL, they never work. They get stymied. Eventually, they realize, oh, yeah, wait a minute. We're not playing against these other college football players in which some of them could be like university students enrolled in economics and basically happen to have like one good God-given athletic ability, which is maybe just running in a straight line down a field. What I'm trying to say is that college football is not NFL football. College football coaching is not NFL football coaching. Giving a job to random college football coaches, to me, I've had enough. I don't want to see them anymore in the NFL. I want to see a guy like Brian Dable who waited 25 frigging years as an assistant coach to become an NFL coach in this league. That's how you do it. He obviously lost this week, but look at the way that he's coaching right now for those New York Giants. That's the way it's done. I'm done with college football coaches and I'd have no pity whatsoever for the Chargers. I think Dominic, a lot of it is, I don't want to say connections because obviously all of these NFL head coaches and everything that's going on, they have similar connections. But look, Jeff Saturday, Dominic, was a great player um, and was huge for the Indianapolis Colts. And he, you know, did what he needed to do for them. Great offensive lineman and, you know, a, a great guy overall. It's almost like, look, why not give the, the, the thinking is why not give this guy a shot, right? We're the Indianapolis Colts. We're not doing well this season. Um, it didn't work out with Frank Wright. 
let's go after a guy like Jeff Saturday. Let's kind of shake the apple cart and see what happens here. And yes, I agree with you, Dominic. There is that lacking of going through the trenches, of being an assistant head coach, of, you know, putting in the work and showing that you can be a head coach. Because what has Jeff Saturday shown he can be a, a head coach? Uh, obviously, he hasn't, right? He was been an NFL player for his career has been, you know, great on the radio and, and great on ESPN and stuff like that. But no, head coaching is just different. And I think that right now we're, we don't value how difficult it is to be a head coach in the NFL. And we think that, you know, your average Joe can do it. If you know football and you could create plays and you're good with players, it's really not that simple. Um, and in, in any level, especially in the NFL, Dominic. And I think that we're seeing it time in and time out. Like it was kind of like you think about college coach, like Chip Kelly, Dominic, when he came from Oregon, right? He was, you know, crushing it in college football. And it's, is his style going to work in the NFL? He was with the, the Philadelphia Eagles and he brought in that hurry up offense, which was cool and which were great in the NFL. And I would, sorry, in the college football. And I would love to see it work in the NFL. But I just think defenses and players are too smart to let that stuff slide. And I think that, you know, you said it well, Dominic, you're, you're passionate about this. And I think rightfully so. Uh, a lot of these guys are getting head coaches, uh, so are getting head coaching positions without having A, put in the work or B, shown they're going to be able to sustain uh, and coach for, for for a year uh never mind you know being able to coach a team for a super bowl we haven't seen these coaches done a good enough job to prove themselves to be able to to be head coaches and look, look I, I love college football uh coaches getting a shot yeah i like seeing that and it has worked out in rare occasions uh not recently though but uh i'm with you on that one it, it it's a pity for guys like brian dable dominic who had to like you said go through the hard work and then eventually is, you know, his time is paying off now with potentially getting coach of the year there. But yeah, it's a tricky situation, Dominic. And I have to say for the most part, I do agree with you and your takes. Yeah. Honestly, to me, you have seen success recently with Sean McVay. And to me, I think everybody's trying to replicate that. You're seeing all these guys coming from all over the place, but at the end of the day, you're supposed to earn your stripes. And I don't think the NFL right now, is doing that properly and they're gift wrapping positions left and right in the hopes of getting something creative and being on top of this new type of NFL football. The reason why we're seeing what we're seeing is that there's no God darn quarterback in this league, barely available for franchises. There's all these fancy smancies, gimmicky kind of quarterbacks, and we're seeing gimmicky kind of football. It's just my opinion. I've said enough. Let's move on to another game. Good stuff, Dominic. All right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys crushing the Minnesota Vikings 40-3 to in this one. How about them, Cowboys? Look, before the game, I was looking at, uh, you know, like just stuff, analysis of the game, stuff like that. The Cowboys are favored by two and a half. And I was speaking to one of my buddies, Terry Babalist, who's a Cowboys fan, and we were both like, yeah, why is Dallas favored in this one? Minnesota coming off a big win against the Buffalo Bills. The game is in Minnesota. Minnesota has looked great for this season. But Vegas knew something we didn't in making the Dallas Cowboys favorite. This game was an, an, an absolute throttle by the Dallas Cowboys, 40-3 to in this one. It was like, I don't even know if there's a ton of analysis to say in this one besides Minnesota played like SHIT and the Dallas Cowboys didn't. Uh, Kirk Cousins in this one sacked seven times. C crazy, honestly, crazy this one. Uh, it, Tony Pollard showing that he can be that number one running back for the Dallas Cowboys, rushing for 80 yards in this one, receiving for 109, two receiving TDs. Uh, Zeke also getting two rushing TDs, so great when you can get that out of both your running backs. Dak having a near-perfect game, 22 of 25, 276 yards, two TDs in this one. And look, Justin Jefferson in this game, Dominic, only getting three catches after that marvelous game last week. You watch this game and it's like, did Justin Jefferson play? Like, what was going on? Everything was working for the Dallas Cowboys in this one. I, I you know, maybe it just shows that the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want to say they're not for real yet after you know what they were able to do last week in Buffalo, but for me, this is two inconsistent teams, Dominic, in the Dallas Cowboys and in the Minnesota Vikings. And this was Dallas on a good day and on a hot day, and this was Minnesota uh, playing against a team that was, you know, feeling it on that day in Minnesota shows a very poor time to play their worst game of the season. This game did not look good. Um, and, you know, if you're Minnesota, you got to kind of shake it off quickly, rebound. But uh, I think you got to answer a lot of questions if you're the Vikings after this one, Dominic. 
Yeah, well, it's called Mika Parsons. When you have a guy as special of Mika Parsons, five QB hits, what else? He's got two socks on the day, two tackles for losses. This guy is the real deal. And the Minnesota offensive line wasn't great in this game by any stretch. They were a bit banged up as well. And I think that was the entire story is that offensive line got smoked and the Dallas Cowboys had their way. Mike McCarthy took took another college football coach in his pocket and said, I'm sorry, but I'll show you how the game is played. And the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys annihilate the Minnesota Vikings. And I agree with you. It was a shocker, myself included. I got maybe I, I drank too much of the Minnesota Viking Kool-Aid. But we mean you. We've been talking about the Vikings all year. We've said, I just don't trust this team because it's they've always found a way to disappoint us. And this is the perfect example how a team like Minnesota on any given Sunday can choke hardcore. Kirk Cousins can put as many damn chains around his neck. He will always be Kirk Cousins. You can't hide <laughs> from who you are, Kirk. You're a loser. You are not a great quarterback. You showed it on Sunday, and as a matter of fact, it was only a matter of time for you to show up. And for the Minnesota Vikings, you're going to have to find a way to get Dalvin Cook more involved in this game because, to me, that guy could at least put a lot of pressure off Kirk Cousins. You can't do it when you're behind the eight ball. The Minnesota Vikings were behind the eight ball all game, and that's the reason why they lost this game. I think it just goes to show you the amount of instability there is in the NFC and, you know, who is favored in this, in this conference. And it's tough. Maybe it's those 49ers after dominant performance and win in Mexico city. It's just tough to see and, and tough to say, or say more tough to say, it's actually easy to see. And it's fun to see uh, the, the, the parody in the NFC and everything that's going on. But uh, yeah, that was honestly a big shocker to me, Dominic, the Cowboys looking good. Let's see if they can continue that today when they play the New York giants on Thanksgiving day um, at home. It'll be, it should be a good one in this one. The giants looking to rebound after that loss last week. Let's Let's continue with some recaps, Dominic. Yeah, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati coming back, boom, 37-30 against Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow, 24 for 39, 355 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. I know early on in this game, you know, people thought, oh, wow, TJ Watt, you know, he was really doing what he's been doing all year when he's healthy, is playing lights out football by far in my opinion between him and Parsons these guys are the best defensive players right now in the game bar none I think that Joe Burrow needed this game he needed to have a way to kind of like say to himself I'm not just a one and done kind of quarterback that's going to go to the Super Bowl I need to fabricate more offense without Jamar Chase we saw that with Higgins 148 yards for Higgins Cincinnati needed this game. And as for the Pittsburgh Steelers, god-awful. Just god-awful. For for a guy like Kenny Pickett to be drafted in the first round and seeing the type of offensive play calling happening in Pittsburgh, you are destroying your franchise QB. And you're seeing it in his eyes. The kid's eyes are like doubt, pure doubt. Am I supposed to be a quarterback in the NFL? (laughs) When you see that, you know you're in trouble. And that's why you sit the guy the entire year so he doesn't have to go through the lack of confidence that is now starting to instill itself in Kenny Pickett's mind. You see it. I can only hope, God forbid, that they do not end the season this way. Mike Tomlin, if you want to save your job, yes, I'm calling you out. If you want to save your job, you can have the nicest damn record and resume, but at the end of the day, it's what have you done for me lately? And what has Mike Tomlin done for the Pittsburgh Steelers lately? Nothing. Zero. Your job's on the line. You better win out for the remainder of the season or do something entertaining for fans. You got Kenny Pickett right now as your starting quarterback. You got the garbage Trubinsky on the bench. Figure it out. You're at home. You should have had this game. You had Cincinnati on the ropes, but that second half was atrocious. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm calling you out. It's my franchise. And at the end of the day, if you can't put it together, guys like Tomlin or at least Matt Canada need to get the hell out of town.
Hey, if anybody can call the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic, it's you, long, diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan for uh, for a very, very long time. So I, I like that. I appreciate that. Kenny Pickett, Dominic, I guess quickly, quickly, what are your thoughts on him this season? Let's say we take away the play calling and everything. I don't want to say I've seen enough to say he could be a franchise quarterback, but are there things that you have liked out of Kenny Pickett this year or do you think it's been tough, uh, him just not being able to get victories for the Steelers? Everything was going great for Kenny Pickett, yeah. but it's the play calling. The play calling is atrocious. And then the next thing you know, you see Kenny Pickett's losing all his confidence. And when a quarterback loses his confidence, he's got nothing left. Fair. Love it, Dominic. Great take. Uh, Joe Burrow on this one having a near-perfect game, going for the four touchdowns, the two picks. Look, the two picks, was one of them was an incredible play by Watts, uh, so you got to give it to him there. Uh, the other one wasn't really on Joe Burrow either. But like you said, Dominic, it's good to see Burrow get some uh, connection going with his other receivers, which we know he had. But it's tough for guys like Higgins to put up numbers when Jamar Chase is in the lineup. So good to see with Chase out, they have a guy stepping up. Samaje P. Ryan stepping in for Joe Mixon. These running backs for the Cincinnati Bengals had a heck of a last two games. Uh, Mixon out in this one. But P. Ryan saying, no, don't sweat it. I got this. Let me bring in my inner Joe Mixon. Receiving three touchdowns in this game, uh, big win by the Bengals there. Uh, and I think a game that they needed against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh always plays them tough, so credit them. Um, who uh, you know the Steelers who beat them obviously in that Week One game and had a pretty good game in this one, but uh, unfortunately uh, the Bengals' offense was too much to handle in the second half. Let's jump to another game quickly, Dominic. The Philadelphia Eagles escape by the skin of their teeth against the Indianapolis Colts. 17 to 16 in this one. Uh, they were down in this game. Uh, they were down, let's say it was uh, 14 to 3 at one point, actually, for those, uh, sorry, 13 to 3 at one point for those Indianapolis Colts uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles come back in this one and turn it on in the fourth quarter, getting a late seven yard rushing touchdown by Jalen Hurts to come away with the victory in this one. After this one, Dominic, are you saying, look, this shows this Philadelphia Eagles team isn't for real, just beating a poor uh, Indianapolis Colts team by one. Or are you looking at it the other way around and saying, look, this team is shows they could win in uh, a multitude of different ways. And, you know, they're going to continue pedaling to the metal. And while it's not pretty, they come away with a victory here. I guess there's both ways to look at Dominic. But I'm asking you, which way do you kind of see this victory uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles in this one, winning by one over the Indianapolis Colts? Well, they want a, a pretty big football game. I mean, Indianapolis is trying to fight for their lives right now. And for the Eagles to come back against a desperate team, it, it goes to show you that the Eagles have a lot of confidence inside that franchise. I think depth-wise, they, they have it from, from A to Z. I don't know whether or not Hertz is going to be able to, to propel this team all the way to the Super Bowl. He, to me, I will always have a question mark on Jalen Hurts. I don't care. Uh, I just think he's another college football kind of like quarterback coming in and he's trying to put it together and I want to give him some props, but I just, I don't like it. He's not my type of quarterback, but he's doing it. He's, he's good nine and one right now. We'll see how it all ends up for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think front office is what really is leading the way in Philadelphia. They're bringing in strong pieces and they brought in another veteran in Ndamukong Su. I think that he was a huge aspect that was a bit lacking on the on the defensive line to add a bit more depth they had davis that got hurt so now they bring in sue i think that's super smart that's why the eagles are probably nine and one in my opinion it has to do with front office that really has put together an amazing football team from top to bottom the only question mark is whether or not jalen hurts can lead this team and i'm gonna say unfortunately he will not and he will choke come playoff time yeah, it's tough, Dominic. Look, I'm all about the it's good to win an ugly game. It's good to, you know, kind of believe that you're not uh, unstoppable and you get a few wake-up calls. And I think that happened last week uh, against the Washington Commanders. Um, I do like the win by the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't get me wrong. But I think that you're starting to see some of what makes this Philadelphia team um vulnerable i'd say and it's you know in this game you look at the stats and it's the lack of passing yards uh for jane hurts in this one 190 look i get they like to run the ball uh which is totally really you know fine and respectable and jane hurts rushing 16 times in this one for 86 yards but for me it's like look 
if you want to show you're the best team in the NFC, I think you've got to have a more dominant win here. And look, at the end of the day, a win's a win, whether you're winning 17 to 16 or 45 to 16, uh, it still counts as a W at the end of the day. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like, look, I, I just talked about the the favorites of the NFC and I mentioned 49ers. I didn't even mention the Philadelphia Eagles. I think right now, like, I think it'd be fair to say the Eagles are the favorites. They have the best record in the NFL. It's just something about this team, Dominic, that I don't trust. They kind of remind me of that Cardinals team last year that started off hot. And it's like, okay, is this team going to be able to sustain it? What's going to happen come playoff time? Um, and look, great win by the Eagles. Uh, they especially because Dallas Cowboys victory, they're able to keep their pace and their lead in the NFC East uh, and their lead over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, ugly win is better than a pretty loss. I'm huge on that. I get it. So good stuff for the Eagles there. But I think they're going to have to start getting a little bit more convincing and maybe a tad bit more creative on the offensive side of the ball. Dallas Carter was not in this game, a big weapon for the Eagles. So maybe we'll let that slide a little bit. But uh, I want to see some more impressive victories there. Uh, Dominic, quickly, just before we go to break, anything else that catches uh, that caught your attention this past weekend? Uh, I think the San Francisco 49ers probably had their best game of the year. And I have to give credit where credit's due. And that's Kyle Shanahan. You know, I've been a mixed bag of tricks with Kyle Shanahan, but I'll tell you something. He had everything firing from a coaching perspective in this game. He had all the personnel coming in exactly at the right time. This guy likes to be the guy. In other words, it's all about Kyle Shanahan. And sometimes I find that could be a huge problem. But the guy's a winner. And he paid his dues. And he's been through the probably the worst defeat ever by being the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons against the New England Patriots in that Super Bowl. So I got to admit, this guy is doing amazing as a coach as of late. Hopefully he doesn't get too much in his head because that's what happens in the playoffs. He gets too much in his head and then he starts to throw in the wrong personnel because he's playing 4D chess instead of playing 3D chess. <laughs> instead of keeping it just simple is what I'm trying to get at. So kudos to Kyle Shanahan because that game was a coaching clinic. Big win by the 49ers. They are now sitting first place in the NFC West tied with the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to be a battle until the end of the season. We are in the midst of a football game right now. American Thanksgiving. I love this. Let's get right to it. We got our three games on today, starting with the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. This game is in Detroit. Buffalo's playing in Detroit again, obviously, after that massive snowstorm had to move the game uh, from Buffalo to the Detroit Lions Stadium. Uh, crazy. Uh, just quickly, did you see any of the picks, Dominic, of the, how much snow fell in Buffalo this past weekend? Oh, yeah. Huge snowfall in Buffalo. But Buffalo, they galvanize together. They go through hardships together. So this actually was just a, another great way to get the team camaraderie together. So Buffalo, you saw that last Sunday. They won a hell of a football game against Cleveland. Now they're staying in Detroit, probably in the same kind of like hotel rooms, most likely. So this is kind of like a one of those activity team outing that they got yeah. to together. <laughs> so uh, let's see how that ends up uh, in Detroit. What do you think about this game? Yeah, team bonding, Dominic. You got to love it. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills in this one. I think nine points is a lot, so give me the lines to cover. However, like I said, I will go Buffalo in this game. Give me a final score. I'm going to go 27 to 22 in this one. Uh, the Detroit Lions are coming off three straight victories, an impressive win over the New York Giants uh, in this one. So we'll see what happens. I got Buffalo winning this game. I got it a little bit closer uh, than people predict. Give me the Bills 27-22 over the Lions. Yeah, the Lions are red hot, winning three in a row. I think, unfortunately for them, they're running into a Buffalo Bills team that is about to take back the NFL crown. I think they put a stomping on Detroit. Give me Buffalo 37 to 14. Alrighty, next up we got an NFC East matchup. New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas favored by nine in this one. My gut's telling me it's going to be a high-scoring game. So take the over in this one, folks. I'm going to go Cowboys 33, Giants 26 in this one. With the Giants covering but still losing this game. It's funny, Dominic. The Giants after last week, I know they're sitting pretty right now. I mean, pretty-ish at 7-3. and three, But after the way they lost... To the Detroit Lions, I almost feel like this is where the season starts to turn for the New York Giants. 
Hope I'm wrong. Giants, prove me wrong. I got the Cowboys winning this game by seven. Yeah, I got the Cowboys too. I think this is going to be a good game. I really do. I think that the Giants are going to come back from their loss and put on a good show. But at the end of the day, Dallas is going to win a tight football game. Give me Dallas 27 to 24. This is a big game. Both teams sitting at seven and three right now. Both teams in a wild card position with the Eagles uh, winning the division so far. So big, big game here uh, just past the midway point of the season. Next up, we got the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings favored by three at home. Give me Minnesota in a bounce back after a god-awful performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go Minnesota 28 New England 17 in this one. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson getting two receiving TDs, getting over 100 receiving yards. We see more of the Justin Jefferson we know in this game, and they take it over the Patriots 28 to 17 final score. Yeah, you're going to be shocked with my pick, but this is my upset of the week. Wow. Yeah, I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to just fix that offensive line in two seconds. I think that a guy like Bill Belichick is watching the tape all week and he knows exactly what to do new england's strength is their defense they get to cousins again probably a lot of turnovers in this game new england shocks minnesota 30 to 27 all righty next up sunday football we got the miami dolphins hosting the houston texans dolphins favored by 12 dominic yeah this smells like an absolute blowout Houston is horrendous. Their quarterback play is god-awful. Even their coaching is god-awful. But I don't know how somehow they stay relevant in this football game. Probably Miami taking it a bit conservatively, not getting injured. Houston covers the spread, but Miami takes it 20-17. to 17. I'm going to go a complete blow in here, Dominic. Maybe it's my bias. I just think that right now these teams are headed in completely opposite directions. I'm going to go 35 to 10 Dolphins in this one. They can't afford to slip up with uh, the AFC East being so competitive. So, yeah, I got Dolphins here in a blowout. Two touchdowns for Tyreek Hill and two touchdowns for uh, Jalen Waddle as well. And the Dolphins win big in Miami. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Cincinnati favored by one and a half in this one. This could be be a good game this should be a good game and i got it being a good game i'm gonna go 28 25 cincinnati in this one give me the game going to overtime with mcpherson hitting the game winning field goal as time expires to avoid the tie uh, i think this game could go anyway who do i trust more joe burrow or ryan Tanhill? come on you know the answer to that one give me joey b 28 25 bengals yeah, I'm going to shock a couple people here by saying that Cincinnati are going to destroy Tennessee. Wow. You would think that the Tennessee Titans at home are going to put up a good fight, but they will, honestly, I think it's going to be probably 21 nothing at halftime for Cincinnati, and they just won't be able to rebound. That Cincinnati's offense is their key. It will roll in Tennessee. Give me Cincinnati 35-10. to 10. All right, next up, we got the battle of two crap teams, the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Denver favored by two and a half in this one. I only say that, Dominic, because Denver being so poor this year really, you know, bugs me. And obviously, I'm not a Broncos fan. I just don't understand it. And this team is so difficult to watch, especially because, you know, the talent that this team has. Denver favored by two and a half in this one. Give me Denver to win. It, it Really, it's a battle of, of two poor teams. I think that Carolina will be a little bit worse in this one. I'm going to go 17-16 Denver in this one, speaking out the victory. What a debacle in Denver, right? Why are we blaming Melvin Gordon? Okay, he's got a couple of fumbling issues, but he's a lot better than whoever, they, whoever else is there in Denver. Looks like they've already packed it in in Denver. Give me still Denver in this football game, however, <laughs> winning a... I, probably an ugly game because Carolina's atrocious. Not on D, but on offense. Give me a tight one. Denver takes it 17-16. All righty, I like that. Same score. Good stuff, Dominic. Hopefully we're right on that one. 
Next up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. Tampa favored by three in this one. Tampa Bay coming off their bye week. Cleveland coming off a tough loss to the Buffalo Bills. I think they lose again in this one. I could really see this going this game going either way. I'm excited for this game, but I do think it'll be Leonard Fournette and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one coming away victorious. I'm going to go 27-20 final score. Tampa Bay wins. Uh, they got to they gotta continue winning, Dominic, because this Falcons team is right, uh, right, uh, you know, just uh, behind them and uh, inching closer uh, every week. But, yeah, I got Tampa Bay winning in this one by seven. Yeah, this is going to be very, very, very hard for Tampa Bay to win. I think that Cleveland right now, they're going to be their backs against the wall. They lose this game. They're done. It's in Cleveland. It's going to be tough for Tom Brady. I think this is an overtime game. Flip a coin, lens on heads. Tampa Bay <laughs> takes the ball, marches down the field, wins the football game. Tampa Bay takes it 26 to 20 in overtime. All right. Next up, we got Atlanta at Washington. Washington favored by four. This is a tough one. I was looking at this one before we did the show. I went back and forth. I'm going to go with Atlanta in this one. Give me a final score of 21 to 20. Uh, Young Wei Koo gets a game-winning field goal as time expires. It, Atlanta keeps on rolling. Both these teams are actually similar records, Dominic. Both coming off um, a, uh, a victory after last week. I'm going to go with the Falcons just speaking this one, 21-20 over Washington couple things to watch in this game, whether or not Chase Young is activated. If he is, Washington will be very competitive in this game. I think that Atlanta will steamroll Washington, even without Cal Pitts. Cal Pitts was irrelevant. Unfortunately for him, he got an MCL tear. He's going to be gone for a while. I think Atlanta's offense is just beautiful to watch when they're running the football, and Washington's run D is suspect, to say the least. Atlanta takes it convincingly 28 to 10. All righty. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the New York Jets. Who are we taking snaps for the Jets? I think it's going to be Wilson still, but I've got to wait and see. There is no guarantee. Give me Chicago this one in the upset. The, Bear, the Bears are underdogs by four and a half in this one. But I got Chicago. I'm going to go final score 22 to 16. Right now, I just trust Fields a heck of a lot more than I do Wilson. So give me the Bears. Yeah, this is a tough one to call, William. Uh, it is. Got the, we got, uh, what's his name, uh, Fields with a dislocated shoulder. Not his throwing arm, but will he play? I don't think he plays. I think a dislocated shoulder, you need to rest it for at least a week. So I think that whoever the Chicago Bears are going to bring out there is going to be atrocious. Give me the Jets D all day, every day. They take it at home, 32-17. to 17. That's a good call, Dominic. Got to monitor what happens with Justin Fields. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ravens, Ravens favored by four in this one. I think Lamar has his best game of the season here and puts up a ton of points over Jacksonville after a very subpar performance and victory this past weekend, only putting up 13 points to the Ravens. I got a blowout here. Give me the Baltimore Ravens 41 to 10 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lamar throws and runs wild in this one. Yeah, good call. I agree with you. Baltimore will destroy Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville home is a nice little pick, but you know what? Baltimore is due. I agree with you. Baltimore takes it 35-17. to 17. Alrighty, next up we got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers favored by three and a half in this one. I think the Chargers win. I think the Chargers cover. Arizona looks like a mess right now. I don't want to touch that with a 20-foot pole. Give me Chargers. 30 to 17 over the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't know what type of defensive schemes Arizona's running. Cliff Kingsbury. They, they were playing touch football this past weekend, uh, this this Monday night. Touch football against the 49ers. Their defense was atrocious. Oh my God, it was it horrible. But you know what? Kyle Murray will play in this football game. I think this is another upset special here in Arizona. Arizona will take it. 24 to 20. That's a brave pick, Dominic. I respect that. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle favored by three and a half. Clutch win by the Raiders this past weekend in overtime. Can they do it for a second straight week? No, they cannot. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to go final score 26-14 in this one for Seattle. And we see the Raiders offense struggle in this one. 
Yeah, this smells like an overtime game, and I can see Pete Carroll celebrating like a madman when it's all <laughs> said and done. Give me Seattle in overtime, 33-30. to 30. Wow, tight one. I like it. Next up, New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers favored by eight in this one. I'm going to go 49ers all day, every day in this one, and I got them covering. I'm going to go final score, San Fran 32, Saints 18. Uh, San Fran looks good. McCaffrey didn't run the ball a ton this past weekend, but he did have some clutch catches. He's a back that can definitely do it all. I got him getting two touchdowns in this one, so give me the 49ers to win this game by 14. Yeah, I don't know. That spread seems a bit high. I think that Andy Dalton threw three touchdowns last week. They're kind of like coming back into the fold a little bit. I say a little bit, those New Orleans Saints, because they're getting healthy. I expect a guy like Lattimore to play in this football game. We haven't seen him in a while. He's a factor, but San Fran still takes this football game. Another overtime game, San Francisco takes it 23-20. to All right, next up, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs favored by 14 and a half in this one, Dominic. That's a massive spread, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, it really is. Who's the quarterback for the Rams? Very hard to to figure out. Stafford's got a concussion. I mean, Sean McVay, whatever happened to your running game, you don't even know who to start. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, very similar coach. You know, they it's all on them. They think that, you know, they're playing 4D chess, as I said. And I honestly think that at times, you know, they just, they do a horrible job. They won't do that much of a horrible job. That spread's just too high. Somehow, give me the, the Chiefs to win a tight football game, 27 to 20. You know what, Dominic? I'm going to go with Kansas City winning and just covering in this one. Final score, 37-20 to 20 here for the Chiefs. Really hope Matthew Stafford is able to play and comes back. Obviously, concussion is super serious, so don't want him to rush that. It would be great to see him back on the football field, but I got the Chiefs in this one. I got them big. Next up, Sunday Night Football, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by seven in this one. I'm going to go with a tight game in this one, but a final score, 23-20. to 20. The Eagles take it in this one. Green Bay needs to have this game if they want to save their season, but I don't think they get it done. I got the Eagles at home on Sunday Night Football by three over the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I want to take Green Bay so bad. <laughs> That's Brad Williams, seven in Philadelphia. Oh, what's going to happen? I think we're going to see probably A.J. Brown again. The same play actions, the same straight line shots. He's probably going to just school whoever's covering him. Give me Philadelphia in a blowout, 35 to 17. All right. Last but not least, we got your Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored by two and a half. Give me the Colts in this one, Dominic. I'm sorry. I'm going to go 25 to 16 over your Pittsburgh Steelers. I got um, Jonathan Taylor rushing for over 100 yards in this one and two touchdowns. I know that Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is good, but something's telling me it's going to be a Jonathan Taylor type of game. Give me those Colts to win this game and to cover. No, you're absolutely right. You want to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you can run the football, you'll be competitive. I'm going to say 13 to 10 for the Colts. Alrighty, low scoring game. All right, folks, that is it for this week's show. Happy American Thanksgiving to everyone. It would be cool if we had some American listeners. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back same place, same time next week. You were listening to CJLO, 69 AM in Montreal.